welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Amen. Amen. It's so uh, good to have you guys. We, we love our meet and greet time. And so because we love our meet and greet time, I'm going to give you like 30 seconds. Hug your kids. Hug your families. If you're just by yourself, hug Fluffy if that's your cat or your dog. But take a moment and, and uh, greet those around you. I think it's important to do that. And even though we can't see you, Jesus can see you. So hug it up. Let's go. Um, I think uh, as things begin to stabilize um, over the next couple of months, whenever that looks like, there's going to be this awkward time during meet and greet times where we gather back together again, um, where we say, hey, go ahead and shake hands, give each other a hug, and there's going to be that, I think, awkward, like, do we do it, do we not do it? People are going to be hitting each other's feet still. You're going to think, why are you kicking me? So there's going to be an awkward moment, but I'm going to tell you right now that there's nothing like gathering together with a body of believers, and, and so uh, if, if you're joining us via live stream, this is our first shot at ever doing this. Uh, and so I know some of you guys are used to that, but this is our first shot. We love this. We love that we have this opportunity to be able to live stream so we can hang with you guys. But this will never replace face-to-face community. Please, please hear my heart. Our desire is that this will never replace face-to-face community. Um, we're, we're doing this today, not out of fear. I've heard uh, this talked about a lot. Is this a fear thing? No, we're not doing this based out of fear. We're doing this based out of relationship. Uh, we know that there are some within even this body, but all over, that are very susceptible to all of this stuff that's going around. And so we just honor, honor you if you're out there. And, and uh, so it's not fear-based. We look forward to getting back together, uh, but we're very relationship-based and that uh, we wanna keep you safe and, and healthy as well. Uh, these are crazy times that we live in. I think in, in the last um, 20 years, I feel like, uh, of ministry for me, I don't remember a, a time quite like this where everything is kind of halted and there's just kind of this been this period where, where this nothing's happening. 9-11, I remember vividly where I was at at 9-11. It was similar um, until we kind of got a grip on things over a couple of days. I remember long gas station lines uh, at 9-11, uh, but, but this is just kind of a bit of madness. Uh, obviously, tournaments have been canceled. March Madness ha- have been canceled. And so 19 years later from 2001, here we are today, and uh, it's just a different day and age uh, that we live in. I, I was just thinking about this even as I was preparing the message. You, you know we live in a different age where uh, big things are happening when toilet paper has to be bought on the black market. You gotta call a black market arms dealer to get some toilet paper. And so you know we're in, in big days when, when that happens. Um, and so, you know, when, when you think about that, it, it makes you think in your heart, maybe we're just... A smidge, all right, just a smidge on the crazy side with what's going on. Uh, but on the other hand, we, we again, we realize that um, there's a very real thing with this, and, and many are susceptible, and, and uh, it affects you differently than maybe it affects other people. And so please know that even though people have made some lighthearted things with it, and I, I watch Facebook and social media, and there's a lot of joking around, please know we, we honor you if you're in those categories uh, where it's just a little bit more susceptible. We, we love you, we pray with you, we, we stand with you as well. Um, I hope that you know what transcends all of us. What transcends all of us, whatever, wherever we're at, not worried or worried about it, what tra- transcends all of us is that it's creating an urgency in God's people. There, there's this awakening, I feel like, that's happening in, in God's people. We're coming to grips. I feel like the church is kind of coming to grips with this idea that Jesus is our everything and our only hope. 
Like there's, there's, there's nothing that we're clinging to that, that is outside. There's nothing that we're clinging to that is outside of, of him. And so I don't know that for me, this is so much about fear and faith because I know that we, we have faith in him. I don't know for me that this is so much about, are we gonna get back to normal? Is everything gonna be okay? Because I trust the Lord. I think for me, it's really, what will we learn from this? Will we be transformed? And when we, will, will we be transformed to where we're living our life in light of eternity from here on out? Will this do something within us um, where we're forever changed? I think of the early church in Acts and when, when, when things came against them and persecution came against them, when they were tested by the fire, I think in the early church, when they were tested by the fire, they had to be transformed. It wasn't like, hey, we're gonna go through this and then go back to normal. It radically affected and changed their entire life. And so I'm wondering for us as the church, what, what is gonna happen out of this? What's gonna happen? Are we gonna go back to normal? Are we gonna just kind of talk about fear and faith and then that's it? Or are we gonna be transformed in light of eternity? So um, everything today in me wanted to talk about fear, uh, do not be afraid. Uh, everything in me wanted to talk about those things and, and I'm, I'm for that. And there's gonna be some really awesome pastors that are gonna share messages that I'd, I'd encourage you to go online and listen to their messages on, on fear, do not be afraid, and peace and all those kinds of things. Uh, but I felt kind of this stirring in, in my heart um, that, that the Lord is leading us up into this time of saying, uh, I want you to talk about um, being purified. Uh, we've been talking about an increase in faith. We've been talking about these moments where Paul says, do not lose heart, uh, do not let your hearts grow cold. And we see this kind of in the Psalms and everyday language in scripture. It uses this key phrase that says, in the day of trouble. In fact, Psalm 50, 15 says, call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Psalm 27, five says, for in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle in the secret place of his tent. He will hide me, he will lift me up, upon, uh, up on a rock. And so it's obviously all over scripture to take heart, do not fear. And so I hope you know I'm for this. I, be, I believe this to the very core. It's not about fear. The enemy wants to simply have our hearts wander away from God. He wants us to wander in fear because that's what happened with the Israelites when they wandered in fear, not believing they could take the promised land. And so instead of having faith, they had fear. And so I, I know that and I believe that God wants us to hear that. Don't wander, don't let your minds wander in fear take hold of the promise and faith. Yet, we also remember the last words Jesus said on the cross when he spoke and he says, it is finished. And that word finished means it's done, right? That, that, that rings through for all of eternity. It's complete. Death is destroyed. It's done. It's finished. It's complete. So there's that reality that we're living in. So please, again, I want you to hear my heart. I'm not hyped up about viruses. I'm not hyped up about sickness or disease. I'm not hyped up about natural disasters. I've had tons of people sharing, man, more natural disasters and more disease and you know, more, more, more wars and, and rumors of wars. I'm not hyped up about those things because scripture talks about them. It's the groanings of earth saying, return king, return King Jesus. <laughs> There's a groaning on planet Earth that's saying, we want the king to return. So scripture talks about all of those things, wars and rumors of wars and plagues and, and all these things blowing through. I'm not hyped up about those things. What I'm hyped up about is Jesus being our living hope. What I'm hyped up about is living out the kingdom mandate of Jesus Christ here and now and a longing for his return. I'm hyped up that in times like these, 
we all have to face this reality of going, what have I built my foundation on? What have I built my foundation on and what have I put my hope in? I'm, I'm hyped up in, in times like these where we're pressed kind of from different sides. We feel like the heat's been turned up. I'm hyped up because I believe in these times we'll either be purified or petrified. And I think that, that for a lot of us, the reality of that petrified life has come in and not that purified life. And, and again, I, I know the tension is to, to, to chase fear first, but I believe God is doing something right now. In the furnace that we read about, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you have three guys that were purified in the furnace because Jesus met them there. They were not petrified. In the lion's den, you have a guy that's down there where the angel of the Lord shuts the mouths of the lions. He was being purified, not petrified. And I think this goes into the New Testament church today that our tendency is to try and be petrified when things come. And yet there's something supernatural that Jesus does in our life to purify us in these moments. And so today, I just really, again, felt in my heart, rather than talk about fear, again, I'm sure there's awesome messages that are gonna be out there. I encourage you, listen to as many great biblical pastors that are out there and get your fill and your dose of that. But I really feel today this rallying the church body, rallying the church body inside of my heart that, that um, we, this is a moment where God is stirring our hearts for such a time as this. And I just really feel that in, in my heart that there's no greater opportunity than now to examine our hearts as the body of Christ. To examine our hearts as the body of Christ, to see what the Lord is stirring, to see what the Lord is moving. And so I, I just, I, I catch that glimpse of, of if my people will humble themselves, we know it, turn from their ways, I'll heal their land, I'll do those things. But he says, if my people. And so it's a rally of the people of God, what are we gonna do in this moment? What, what are we gonna do when fear comes in? What are we gonna do when worry comes in? What are we gonna do when doubt comes in? Let's rally our hearts for a moment as the church. Remember who we are in Christ. Remember who Jesus is. Remember what he said. Remember the power that he carries. Remember that he's coming back. All these promises are true for you and I. And let's say in light of that, what are we gonna do? And so it's a moment of, of really examining our hearts both personally I think there's a personal exam in my heart. What's this speaking to me? And I think corporately as well as the body of Christ. In his final address to the Corinthian church, Paul lays it out in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, after he's given a great word in Corinthians and he said to the church, and he says, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. And then he reiterates it. He says, test yourselves. He uses the word examine and test. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ lives in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So he's bringing us to this reality. In moments like these, there's an examining that's happening. There's a testing of our faith that's happening. And all of it is built on this idea of, does Jesus live in me? Because if he lives in me, then the fruit of that is gonna be like, I'm gonna buy into what he's doing. I know who he is. I know he's my hope. I know he's my joy. Fear starts coming in. Jesus is in me. I push against that with joy. I push against that with peace. I push against that with hope. And so Paul says, examine ourselves. Those two words, examine and test, that, that, that means there's a prodding that's taking place. When you're examined, I just think about going to the doctor's office, there's a prodding, there's a poking. When there's a test that's happening in your life, there's a bit of pressure that's applied. When that test comes in, there's a bit of pressure. 
And so you go to the doctor's office and he says, I'm gonna examine you. And he slaps the glove on his hand and nothing in your mind says this is gonna be fun, right? More than, you, you, this is cold. Why are you putting that there, right? And so when we're examining and we're testing our heart, what we're saying is in a moment of a little bit of pressure, in a moment where there's some prodding, maybe some poking at our faith going on, the Lord's saying, where are you at? Where are you at individually? Where are you at personally? Where are you at corporately? Man, I think this is, again, this is for the body of Christ as well. And, and so um, I think it's a, it's a moment for us to say, say yes, you're, you're good, God, you're, you're faithful, and all of those things, but that, 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 that testing and that examining is for us to be able to lock into our hearts that this is for our good. How is it, how, all this madness, how is this for our good? It's to make sure that we are healthy and we don't have disease. That's why you examine. That's why you go to the doctor to be examined. Are we healthy? Are we healthy? Have we let something in that's gonna war against our, are we healthy? That's gonna war against our faith. It's gonna war against us believing in God's promises. And so we're trying to come to a place of saying, are we healthy? And in Romans chapter two, um, Paul talks about, he says, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Um, I believe it's in these moments where it, we're not going, God, I'm so mad, I'm so mad, I'm so mad, but, but God, you are in control. Like, you're, you're so much wiser than I am. You know what you're doing. You're good. And so rather than saying, God, fear, like, what are we, like, let's start asking the question, Lord, what are you shifting right now? Like, what are you shifting right now? Um, did you find something, Lord, when, when you examined my heart? Did you find something when you examined me that you're going, hey, something needs to turn? It's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. What are you seeing in the church today, Father, that you're going, hey, I'm gonna examine you and, and we're gonna shift some things. And so I think it's important to ask because we know that God is purposeful in all things. Like you don't see something on this grand spectrum and think, I just don't think God's a part of it. He's absolutely a part. He's the author of life. God is the author of life. And so something that's on this big of a spectrum, there's something deeply happening that we need to lock hold of as the body of Christ, both personally and corporately, and go, okay, Lord, you know what you're doing much better than we know. And, and, and so I, I want you to know I'm always fascinated at the book of Revelation where you hear the word spoken to the seven churches. And it's really, hey, um, here's what you're doing. Um, here's what I see, good and bad. If you read in Revelation, starting chapter two, how he talked to the seven churches, here's what you're doing. Here's what I see, good and bad. Now, you need to get back to this or let go of that. And so he's really given this kind of warning to the churches. Hey, these things, great, 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 great. This thing, not so good. Reshift your focus. And if you read that, what you'll see is he said, or I'll come and I'll remove your lampstand. Let those who have ears, and every one of them, he says, let those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So I just think we're in that moment where God is trying to speak into the body and say, look, I'm stirring something. There's things you're doing well. There's things that I wanna see. And I just think that God's gonna move in a, in, a, in a big way. And I just wonder, what's he trying to say to us globally as a church? What's he trying to say to us, the church, the body of Christ right now in this moment? What's he stirring? And, and we see this, uh, again, this, throughout scripture, there's this purifying nature of God. I think that's why. I think he's bringing his body back to a, a pure place. I think he's bringing his body back to a, a pure heart. And so I feel like in seasons like this all over scripture, 
Um, there's this purifying moment where we're reading about the purifying nature of God. He says it, get clean hands, get pure hearts. And, and he's over and over and over. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, there's this thing about foundations that we need to lock into. What's our, what's our foundation? Our foundation built on, on, on the purity of who Jesus is, something we've tried to define who Jesus is. And so Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. And I think it's something to key into. But each man must be careful how he builds on it, talking about the foundation that was laid in Jesus Christ. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So it's already been laid. We're not trying to find something new. He's it. He's the foundation. Jesus is everything that we're after. The presence of God is what we want more than anything else, more than buildings and great ministries and great programs and whatever, whatever. What we want is what the presence of God. He's everything for us. And then he says this. Now, if any man builds, now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each man's work will become evident Now here's the key, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. It is to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. And so there's this kind of moment where we read this and we go, you know, again, we're being purified. There's fire coming, there's tests coming, there's prodding and poking coming. And and I think what we're gonna see is what's being revealed that we've been laying our foundation on. Have we been building things that just are not of God? Is there a a cleansing habit? What's happening in this moment? And so um, I wanna talk about what's our foundation and then I wanna talk about what are we building on it. And so there's really... Um, some keys in this. There's a post that's been going around uh, and I've seen it on many people's Facebook and um, it says, day three without sports. Found a lady sitting on my couch yesterday. Apparently she's my wife. She seems nice. And I just thought, man, it was funny and I laughed at it and then I was like, ooh, there's a little truth in that, right? Like like there's a, a little bit of sad truth in that in our society. I mean, I know the groups that I run with, I, lo- I love sports, man, I love K-State, uh, watching all of their stuff. And so there's been a little sackcloth and ash happening right now, except for the March Madness tournament, K-State was not getting in, so we're declaring the national champions, amen, okay? But there's been some sackcloth and ash over people's heads that have been you know, so like, oh, I can't believe all the sports are gone, I can't believe all the sports are on. And all of a sudden we begin to say like, what's our hearts really in tune with? It's interesting that when things are, are taken away for a bit, and you, you fill in the blank with anything you want. It doesn't have to be sports, it can be anything. But, but, but when you start to take things away for a bit, we see how much time and we see how foundationally um, sometimes we've built some things in our life that may have taken the place of more important things in our life. And so three things that I wanna just real quickly share is, one, <clears throat> we're gonna talk about what our foundation is. Two, we're gonna quickly again talk about what our faith is, and three, we're gonna talk about our freedom in Jesus. So foundations, faith, and freedom. I believe it's times like these, um, it's times like these that test our foundations and see what we've built on them, and that's a good thing. The virus, not a good thing, okay? I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's times like these where when the enemy tries to use something 
for evil, God will take that and turn it into good for a good thing. And so we, we've grown up, <coughs> we've grown up with stories as kids, um, like the Three Little Pigs, where they've built their houses on different foundations using different kinds of materials. We 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 learned this story when we were young. You know, the Three Little Pigs. One built with straw, one built with sticks, one built with bricks. The big bad wolf comes. He huffs and he puffs and he blows them down. Two of them blow down. One of them remains. And I always love kind of the old school kid stories because we have this subtle way of going. So if you don't build right, rightly, a wolf is gonna come and eat you. And all the kids go, yay, read it again, right? And so it's kind of this funny thing of going, you've got to build rightly. You've got, and it's a scare, kind of a scary thing, but you've got to build rightly. And there's tons of lessons in those kids' stories, but one of the biggest and most important is what are you using to build on the foundation that's been laid? And so we've talked foundations many, many times in the life of the church here at Reliance in particular. And I think of friends who've, who've bought a house only to discover down the road that the foundation, what was built on the foundation, or even the foundation was, was faulty. And so the house begins to settle, begins to crack, you know, basement leaks, everything kind of comes pouring in. And, and we're frustrated. We're like, ah, why didn't they disclose that? Why didn't they tell us what they built on wasn't good? Why didn't they tell us the foundation? Whatever it may be. And there's a frustration. And I wonder if God is revealing some foundational issues in this time. In his love and in his mercy, He's revealing some foundational issues in his bride so we can go, yeah, gonna need to fix that before the next rainy season comes. Gonna need to fix that before the next storm blows in. Because look, I, I think globally, th this is a big deal. It, it, obviously, it's impacting economic things. It's, it's, it's impacting jobs. It's an impacting, obviously, hospitals and, and, and death. There's death. It's a global issue and it's a big deal. But I'm reading through the word and I'm seeing what other countries go through on a daily basis and my heart's going, but there are more days of trouble coming. And it's not to scare us, it's just simply to say there tends to be this thing of going, there, there are more days of trouble coming and so in God's mercy and in his grace and, and in the fact that he loves us, he's showing us, make sure that we're on a healthy foundation. Not fear, don't, don't doubt, don't fear, don't worry, don't be anxious. You have a supernatural peace. There's hope in Jesus. But when the fire comes to reveal some things and fire is destructive, it also has this purifying nature as well. So I'm not gonna dive into all that, but you, you, you've heard, you know, you, to, to get gold to the purest level, you heat it up, all the impurities float to the top, you scrape off the dross. Silver, same thing, heat up silver, all the impurities float to the top, you scrape off the dross. And so it becomes more and more pure, the higher and the higher and the higher the temperature is being raised to. Same thing, we're from Kansas, we know the Flint Hills. At some point in time each year, there's this massive plume of smoke that comes from the Flint Hills. Why? Because we know if we want better grass, because we know if we want better feed for the cattle, because we, we know if we want better opportunities uh, where we're not gonna have wildfires, we gotta burn it all off so that the new can grow. And so there's this reality um, that it's difficult sometimes to know what we've been building with on the foundation that's been laid in Jesus Christ, unless it's tested, unless it's tested, unless there's a little bit of resistance, there's a little bit of fire, 
um, we don't always know if we're building rightly. And I think about this in marriage. When, when something blows through in, in, in marriage, your foundation is tested. What you've been building on is tested. And it's really all based on um, this theme that Jesus was passionate about in, in making sure that we're building rightly, <clears throat> being a wise builder and not a foolish builder. In Matthew 7, 24, he gives the word. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Likewise, in verse 26, it says, but everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, here's the thing, before, before I go on with that, I want you to hear me say this. There's something about where we hear the word of God and we put it into practice. I think that, that in, in our culture today, and, and so this isn't like coming against that, but I, I want you to hear this. There's a lot of people who are like, yeah, yeah, I'll come on a Sunday morning, I'll hear something, I'll get stirred for a moment. The question is, what the word is speaking, what we know it says, are we putting it into practice? The key is we hear the words, not just hear it and just go, I'll store that away for another time, but we hear it and we put it into practice and that's what begins to lay the right foundation and the right building materials on the foundation is that we're putting into practice what we know to be the word of God. And the foolish builder says, the foolish builder says, I'm not gonna put it into practice. I'll hear it, won't put it into practice and when the rains come and the storms come, it comes down with a great crash. But it wasn't until the storm came that they knew the person who's building on the sand doesn't know until the rains come. The person who's building on the rock, right, doesn't know until the rains come. It's when the test comes. It's when the storm comes. It's when the fire comes. It, it begins to see what you've really been building on. And it's easy to have a mentality from just kind of a bird's eye view of going, man, look what we've built. Look what we've, look, look what's happening. Look, look what we've built. Surely it's Jesus. Surely it's Jesus, right? We've talked about this the last couple of weeks, church. Surely it's Jesus. You got momentum. Surely it's Jesus. And I think about that just in this moment of the Titanic. You guys remember the story of the Titanic? You've got everybody going, this is the best ship that's ever been built. This is the, the, the bell of the seas. It's, it's amazing. I mean, look, it's got all the bells and whistles. It's the unsinkable ship. It's ginormous. Nothing will take this ship down until this iceberg sticking out of the ocean, right, cuts a hole, cuts a hole in the bottom of the hole of the ship. And all of a sudden, this unsinkable thing that looked pretty, had all the bells and whistles, from the outside, this thing was unsinkable. All of a sudden, that piece of ice underneath the surface of the water, top was sticking out, ice un underneath the surface of the water, or un underneath the water, cuts a hole down the line of the ship, and we know the story, right? Tons and tons and tons of people lost their lives, believing that they were on this thing that was floating and would never sink. Look good. In these moments, God is showing us what we're made of. He's showing us what we've been built with. What foundation is him? What are, we, what are we building on him as our foundation? And we can either let this 
kind of fear and worry and doubt, we can let this thing beat us or we can let it refine us. We, we can let this fear cause us to try to hide out. Let's just hide out until this thing blows over or we can let it refine us in this moment. It's in these moments that we get to see will the church become the true body of Christ, the true assembly of God? Or are we going to own the fact that maybe we've built things in our own nature, our own things, our own ways? Ryan said it earlier, have we become that Sunday gathering place, which is great, we love and we love meeting on Sundays. We love going after the heart of God together. But I'm just saying, God's heart was not for us just to gather on a Sunday morning only. Just not. And so are we gonna be that Sunday morning gathering only? Are we gonna be the movement of God, which we were intended to be? It's a, the movement of God on planet Earth empowered by the Holy Spirit for the glory of Jesus. And, and we're really at that place of going, is this a Sunday thing? Is this what this is? I think every church is doing this thing right now. Going, is this a Sunday thing? Are we the movement of God empowered by the Holy Spirit, movement of God empowered by the Holy Spirit for the glory of Jesus Christ? And uh, a lot of this, as you look at it, you know, you look at the fruit and you say, okay, if we're gonna be this, then you're gonna be a church that's marked by radical generosity, radical hope, radical love, radical joy. We can keep going and going and going. This is what would be the markers of the church. Not necessarily the, the, the church that has the most programs, the church that has the biggest whatever, build, the church that has the biggest block, whatever it is. Those won't be markers. The markers will be radical generosity, radical hospitality, radical love, radical hope, radical joy, and on and on and on. Because here's the cool part. I see, these, I see this happening now. I want you to hear this. This isn't like, a, are we gonna do it? We're seeing this happen now. Right now, as the day of trouble has approached, as this day of trouble has hit, bodies of believers all over, I've talked with individuals all over, they're going, how can we serve? How can we help? What can we do? I'm watching Facebook blow up. People are going, hey, if your kids you know, can't eat while they're out of school, if, if you're in the elderly uh, category, you want us to go get groceries for you, we'll do it. And, and we weren't doing this before this hit. I mean, we were on some levels, right? The church global, we were doing this on some levels, but now it's like everybody, it's like this fire has come, this test has come, the church, rather than cowering down, is rising up, and it's saying, what can we do for such a time as this? I'm watching pastors communicate like they've never communicated. I'm getting put on these lists with all these pastors. I don't even know all of them. Like, hey, what would you got? How would you guys? What do you think about this? It's like all of a sudden churches are communicating with one another, not competing with one another. I mean, there's nobody in our buildings, right? We're not competing. We're not competing with one another. We're, we're literally, we're, we're complimenting one another. How can, we, how can we do this thing together? How can we serve one another? I heard of some large churches that have materials for other smaller churches that could never live stream going, here, take our stuff so you can live stream. This is such a big deal. God is using this for his glory. What the enemy meant for evil, God uses for his good. Amen. Okay, I don't know where I'm at. Okay, yes, and this is what it does. It gives us the opportunities to really strengthen what we feel the Lord is doing foundationally. So, so here we are, the last um, six months, really, really heavy on going, 
we're a house of prayer. First and foremost, Jesus comes in, flips tables over, my house shall be a house of prayer. So we're like, okay, we wanna lock into that, Lord. We wanna be a house of prayer, first and foremost. We wanna be a house of equipping, equipping people to go out and transform their world. That's what we wanna do. And so all of a sudden, we're going, okay, how is that, you know, how are we doing that? What's that look like? All of a sudden, there's this, you know, hey, you can't meet together until this thing blows over, right? Can't meet together. And all of a sudden, this is happening now. For church to take place, you're meeting in your home. Small groups become a big deal, but discipleship becomes a big deal. Groups of 10 or 15 or 20 become a big deal. Prayer gatherings are happening all over. National Day of Prayer today wasn't scheduled until this thing blew through. Like we're, we're talking about even here of going, hey, what if we just, we, we do Thursday morning prayer. We're going, what if we open up more opportunities for prayer? Like, let's just open the building, more opportunities. And my prayer is this, that when things stabilize and quote unquote normalize, that we don't go, okay, now let's lessen the prayer movement. We pray that that would just empower it for more and more and more. Because I think sometimes what happens is we get in these catastrophic moments, we go, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? All these things happen, people are meeting together, serving, loving one another, churches are coming together, prayer movements are happening, and then things stabilize, normalize, move forward, and everybody just goes back to whatever foundation they were comfortable with. I know you're not in here, but amen, amen, amen. Foundations are tested quickly. These times test our faith, and that's a good thing. I'm not gonna spend time on, on this. We, we talked about this for two weeks solid. You can go back and listen to those if you want to on our podcast. I've always believed, though, that, that the church that, that, that was stirring in our hearts that I wanted to be a, a part of was an end-time kind of church that would not shrink in the face of danger, that would not shrink in the face of persecution that would not shrink in the face of fear, but rather that we would be a church that rises up and increase in faith because the joy of the Lord is our strength. When the world's going, ah, shrink back, run for your lives. I just, I see that like end time, whatever that end time looks like, 100 years from now, 10 years from now, 1,000 years from now, whatever that looks like, I see that church rising up while everybody else is going, ah, run for your lives, toilet paper, get as much as you can, hoard, 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 whatever, right? That 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 church rises up and goes, no, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we're pushing against it, amen? We're pushing against it. Um, Yeah, because it shows that our faith is, is pointing towards our hope, and our hope is Jesus. And that everything that we do is bent on one thing, and that's him. If we're looking for saviors, hear this. If we're looking for saviors to come in and like save this thing, and, and somebody comes and says, I've got the miracle thing, right? Like, like I've got the miracle thing. I'm just, I'm just gonna tell you something right now. If we're looking for saviors that's outside of Jesus, maybe for a moment we move on, something else is gonna come. And, and somebody comes and says, oh, I've got the miracle thing. And then something else is gonna come. Our hope is Jesus alone. He's it. He's the pinnacle. He's what we're after. I love Acts 13, 36. I feel like this is what faith looks like. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. When this was the whole, King David, oh, he's so awesome. He did this and this. Goliath, he defeated. You know, we've got all these stories of David, and yet this is how they describe him in Acts 13. When David had served God's purpose, 
When, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. That means he died, all right? That means he's, you know, he's, he's dead, but he lives in Jesus forever and ever and ever, amen. And I wanna say this, these are unprecedented times for our generation, I believe it. Unprecedented, from, for our time, this is an unprecedented time. And if you lived during the Great Depression, that was an unprecedented time. And in that time of the Great Depression, somebody had to rise up. And in this time for us, in this unprecedented time, I believe this is our for such a time as this moment. I believe as for the church, this is our for such a time as this moment. This is the moments that call for greatness, not weakness of bowing down in fear and doubt and worry, but greatness in knowing that our strength is found in Jesus Christ. It's our time. So we say, Lord, increase our faith. Well, you want your, your faith increased? You gotta have a Red Sea moment. Lord, increase our faith. You gotta have a Daniel in the lion's den moment. You, Father, increase our faith. Somebody's probably gonna put you in the furnace. Increase our faith. Lastly, real quickly, I don't feel like there's time constraints via streaming online, by the way. Um, these times, they don't just test our foundation and test our faith, they test our freedom. In Christ, we are free. No matter what comes against us, freedom is a gift of God. John 8, 36, 8, 36, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We are free because Christ has set us free. Now, we live in a free country, and I'm just telling you right now, man, thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for the men and women who've laid down their lives so that we can do this. Thank you that we live in a country we can broadcast the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm gonna tell you right now, until these times come and pressure comes and heat comes and resistance comes, you begin to get that freedom tested. Have we taken that for granted? Right now, I can openly carry my Bible. I can go into any place at any time, at any moment with that Bible. I can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can shout it from my rooftop. But what happens if in a moment that's taken away? Have we taken that for granted? This is why I believe that scripture says we're strangers in this world we're passing through. What's happening in America and around the world is a reality of what many, many other countries go through on a daily basis. And it starts to bring a little bit of sensitivity to what other brothers and sisters in Christ go through on a daily basis, but yet 10,000 times more. And so this is why we set our eyes on the realities of heaven we set our eyes on the realities of the hope of Christ and we set our out realities on the fixed and finished work of the cross. That's it. And so I'm gonna challenge you. One of the guys is gonna come up, one of the gals is gonna come up and play and we're just gonna have a time of prayer and then we're gonna close out. But I wanna challenge you with the, as a family for just a moment or if you're by yourself as an individual for just a moment. We know that God is the author of life. We know that God is the author of life and I believe and I believe so many amazing churches that are out there, so many amazing pastors that are out there, so many amazing leaders that are out there are all believing that he is breathing life into some dry bones. You study church history, you see what he's doing all over the globe and movements in the church in, in, in Iran, movements and churches in some of the most persecuted places. You say, God, when, when is that next awakening in America coming? Where, where you take things that, 
maybe like it looks polished, it looks clean, it looks shiny, it looks, yeah, everything, mm, good. Then you do via live stream and you see all the unpolished places. And you say, God, when are you gonna breathe life? Because I believe he's doing it right now. When, we want this to be a breathing life moment into some dry bones. Awaken us again. Listen, church, I believe he's fleshing the church out right now. He's not flushing the church out. He's fleshing it out. He's attaching things to these dry bones in Ezekiel that we read about in the Valley of Dry Bones so that these bones can live again. He's attaching the flesh back on these bones so that these bones can live again. He's putting his body back together in the way that he intended to do it in his terms and in his way. So in this time, we're saying, God, what, what we declare is that you are sovereign over all. You know what you're doing. And yet, Father, for so many years, we've cried out, look what we've built. Look what we've done. Look what we've created. And in the name of Jesus today, I pray, Father, that I know from my heart, I repent of that. We're the body of, we can't do this without one another. We're the body of Christ. We can't. I can't do it without these other pastors and leaders. And I mean, our congregation, you guys, your royal priesthood, your leaders, your pastors, your, your teachers, your equippers, you carry the presence of Jesus. You're gifted in every way. We cannot do this without one another. So we say, come Jesus. Can these bones live again? Yes, just not in the old way. Can these bones live again? Yes, just not in the old way. So when this thing blows through and things stabilize or normalize or whatever, may we not normalize. When this thing blows through, may we not normalize. May we stay the supernatural power of, of Christ Jesus on planet Earth through the work of the Holy Spirit. So I, yeah, would you ask us to close your eyes at your homes, wherever you're, 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 you're streaming in from, would you just do me a favor? I just, I see that picture of, you know, who can ascend the hill of the Lord, those with clean hands, pure hearts. Will you just place your hand over your heart? I just want to pray over us this morning. It's just an act of worship together. Father, today we're praying that there would be personal revival that's happening in somebody's heart. We don't need to fill stadiums of, 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 of 60,000, 100,000 people. That's awesome, and thank you, Jesus, when that happens. But God, we can fill communities right now, just as many communities right now, with people that are saying, I need a personal revival in my heart. I built foundations or I laid things on a foundation that when this season has come through, when fire comes in, it's shown me, it's shown me that a lot of the work that I've tried to build into, Lord, is just wasting away. And so I pray for personal revival in people's hearts this morning. I'm praying, God, somebody's so touched so deeply in their life because of what you did for them that somebody's so deeply moved because of your love for them, your grace for them, that Jesus, there is a purification that's happening right now, Father, inside of them. And then, Lord, corporately, 
Lord, corporately as one body with all of our hands together and our hearts, we're saying, God, would you change the body of Christ that meets together? Would you change our agendas if they're not yours? Would you change, God, things that we think that we've built, but it's not been of you? Good things, but not God things. So take what the enemy meant for evil, and God, as you always do, use it for good. Love you, Father. You're the worthy one. There's none like you. Oh, that we would just taste and see that the Lord is good. So this morning, Jesus, as we close out, I pray that worship continues in every household, in every cubicle, in every work chair. Wherever they're at right now, wherever we're streaming from, I pray, Father, that worship continues from this day forth forevermore. For we are the body of Christ on the move, not bound by four walls, for such a time as this, that the glory of God would be known to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we will uh, see what we're going to do for next week. Um, it could be this. We may look at other options as well. Um, but God bless you guys. We love you so much. Enjoy your time by yourself with your family. Press into Jesus. Amen. communityorg